What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture, and uh, we've got a special guest with us today, uh, a friend that I have made um, pretty recently. We've, we've gone back and forth on social media for some time now, getting to know one another. Um, she Okay, this is really cool because in the Ethiopian community, the Abisha community, you don't get to meet a lot of people that hold the same views as you. So we just connected instantly and we've been able to just build each other up and encourage each other. I've been challenged by her in a lot of ways. And so I'm excited for her to be on the podcast with us today. We got none other than Holly. Holly, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> how's, uh, how's the weather out there? I always ask my guests how the weather is because Minnesota is always cold, so I want to live vicariously through whoever I'm talking to. Honestly, it's super sunny out here. Blue skies. Must be nice. Um, <laughs> I have to like look up what it is in Fahrenheit because you didn't mention that I'm also Canadian, mm-hmm. and so... I don't measure the weather by Fahrenheit, so I have to literally Google right now. Gotcha. And Google is telling me it is 49 degrees Fahrenheit oh, wow. outside right That's now. That's nice. It's like 20. And sunny. <laughs> you had to add that in there again, huh? <laughs> just, I just add like, insult you know, to injury. The Lord has blessed us with sun. I believe right it. Yeah, it's cloudy today here in Minnesota. It's like 20 degrees out here. <laughs> okay, but I also live in the Pacific Northwest, so okay. I get mostly rain. Yeah. Like, yeah. The rain is on another level. So that's why you probably named or said the sun a couple of times because that's not. Yeah. Because I got to remind myself. Yeah. That's I got to remind myself the Lord does actually give us sun sometimes. That's good. Hey, <laughs> got to encourage yourself in the Lord there. <laughs> you got to build yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> remind yourself sunny days do come. <laughs> amen. Yes, and amen. There you go. Count your blessings, Holly. Count them. Right? Right? I'm trying. I'm trying. For sure. Well, why don't you uh, give us a little bit about yourself to our listeners. Um, Tell us uh, your story, your faith journey, maybe how you met Christ, um, all that good stuff. Oh, so you want a short story then? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, how the, however the Lord leads. Yeah, it is a lot, but I feel like we need to get to know you a little bit, you know? Fair. Or listeners need to get to know you. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, so I think you started off by saying I'm Habesha, which is true. Yes. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means that I am of Ethiopian <laughs> descent. There you go. Both my parents are Ethiopian. I was born in Canada and raised in Canada. Um, which actually just has a really big impact on how I look at the world. Mm. I straddle two cultures, Mm. the Western Canadian culture um, and also Ethiopian culture. Um, You can say I'm a daughter of both cultures. Mm -hmm. So that certainly has an effect on how I've learned to look at the world, on how I've, um, how I pursue life in general, the ways I do community, that kind of thing. Um, I'm also just very proud to be Ethiopian. So there is that. Um, I am in youth ministry. I think that's really important to state. I love (laughs) working with teenagers. I think that they are not just the church of the future, but they're the church right now. Mm -hmm. And so I am passionate about discipling um, Mm. Christian teenagers into maturity in Christ. So... That's what I get to do with my life. I also work in communications. I do both of these at a church. 
here in Western Canada, and I'm pretty blessed to do that. It is my dream job, and I get to do it every day. Mm. So that's, yeah, uh, a blessing that I didn't know was coming from the Lord, and I'm so grateful for. I've yeah. been following the Lord since I was four years old. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I gave my life to Jesus when I was four years old, and by God's grace, he has sustained me until mm. now. Yeah. I am 27, so 23 and a half years later. I'm still following the Lord, um, hey. and by God's grace, He will sustain me until I see Him face to face. Yeah, um, and I think that's the biggest part of my story that I need to mention is that like I am not still a believer because I have mm-hmm. held on tightly to God. God has held tightly onto me. That's good. Um, that's good. My my story is one of the immense grace of Jesus in that He picked me up from an early age, pulled me out of the muck and mire. Um, turned me towards himself and has walked with me as I've journeyed towards sanctification and eternity with Jesus. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. It's beautiful. a big flyover, I guess, on who I am. I'm married to a wonderful man named Brian. We've been married a year and a half. Um, What's up, Brian? He is not, <laughs> I guess he'll, he'll see this shout out. Um, he is not Ethiopian. He is from, he is um, Caucasian and he is from Canada for a few generations. So, um, we are in an interracial marriage mm-hmm. and intercultural marriage. Mm-hmm. And that has been quite the story. Yeah. Um, we could talk about that another time, but <laughs> For sure. uh, it's been really cool to, to be united in Christ um, yeah. and by the covenant of marriage and then have to really rely on that as we try and figure out mm. how to come together on the differences. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's dope that Christ is at the center of that because there's a lot of things that could kind of deter or influence what brings you guys together. But having Jesus be that is is beautiful to hear. Yeah, like I don't, I couldn't do it any other way. Like Mm -hmm. some of the things that we face in life, like just as people, yeah, like they can be enough to to. Split us off from others, right? It, mm. it it can cause disunity, but because Jesus is the center for yeah. me and Ryan, for, because Jesus is the center of my, my friendships, yeah. in a lot of those friendships and stuff, like we're united by something higher than anything this world can throw at us because it's we're united by what's eternal. Yeah. And so I think it helps us come together, which is actually really helpful in how we talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a great segue. Do you do this? I, I feel like, do you have a pot? I'd be like, that was smooth. I don't know. Like... It seems like you got some experience I, in this because I'm like, okay, like, look at you go. <laughs> I was like thinking about it as I was talking. I was like, oh, there's going to be a smooth segue here. Let me just you know, give him a ramp. There you go. On ramp. Yeah. That highway. I got on it. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, you caught it. You caught it. I caught it. I caught it. That was, that was great. So what we're talking about today. So let me just, um, let me just say this. So. This is a controversial topic. Um, me and Holly don't claim to have all the answers. Um, I think we're we're growing in this. Um, I know for me personally, this is something um, I'm learning. I'm continuously learning. Uh, it's not something I feel like I fully understand. And Holly knows this because you and I, I don't know, it was like a few weeks ago, I was just kind of like sharing with you a lot of the questions I had even within... Um, the beliefs I had. And so uh, this is something that we're growing in. And so um, be gracious to us as we kind of 
think out loud, I guess, in this conversation, in this podcast episode. Um, but I think it's a needed conversation. And I think that it's something that needs to be brought to the table. And uh, I've been wanting to do an episode on this for some time now. And um, I've just kind of been figuring, I was just kind of thinking through, uh, even praying through who I would want to do it with. And so um, I think Holly is an amazing person. And I'm glad that you said yes to this. Um, I've really respected uh, the way you've handled the conversations we've had and even your outlook and just your convictions and um, so on and so forth. And so, but what, what we're going to be talking about is, you know, the difference between uh, complementarianism and egalitarianism. And so, um, do you want to do you want to define those things for us at all? Probably? I definitely want us to define them. I you, think you we're should, gonna, we should work together on the work, definition for sure. So, okay, um, just so that people aren't confused as to what we mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I think particularly with something that might be seen as more controversial, it is important for us to define what we are talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't want to leave room for confusion. We don't want to be, we want to be as clear as possible, I think, yeah. in having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a way that we can display grace to yeah. our listeners and friends and stuff as we talk. For sure. Um, I also wanted to add that you said, like, we don't have all the answers. I'm like, I will be happy if I have 50% of them. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. nowhere close to all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I have landed here is where I have landed by the grace of God. Yeah. Um, I, this is as far as the Holy Spirit has taken me thus far. Yeah. I am, like I said, 23 and a half years into this journey of sanctification. And as long as I live, I will continue it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not trying to be too churchy or anything, but <laughs> I just really tightly hold, like, legit, I just really tightly hold to Philippians 1.6. Mm. I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until yeah. the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Like, the Lord is working on me, so please be gracious with me as a work in progress as we start to talk <laughs> about this stuff. <laughs> Ditto. I'm with you on Seriously? that. Seriously? Yeah, for sure. No, I'm with you on that, yeah. Um. Okay, so if I... I'm defining the word complementarian. When I say someone is a complementarian, when I say I, Holly, am a complementarian, what I'm saying is I, I believe that the scriptures testify to man and woman being created differently, mm-hmm. but with equal value mm-hmm. and with different roles. Yes. So I would not say that role equals value. Value, yeah. So... I believe that men were created to lead in the church and in the home and that women were created to come alongside Mm -hmm. as a helper in both the home and in the church. Um, I want to be clear that when I talk about complementarianism, where I believe that plays out is particularly in the church and in the home. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that women can't be CEOs. I'm not saying women can't be police officers. I'm not saying women can't be army generals. It is important that we define not only what we're saying, but where it plays out too. Yeah, you're right. So I think that's like a quick definition on how I would define complementarian. A person who believes that that women and men were created differently, but with equal value in the eyes of God, are equal image bearers in the eyes of God. 
And that difference is displayed in the roles that the Lord has given each of us. Yeah. And not ju- not arbitrarily, but particularly for our flourishing. Right. That the way a good God has designed it is for us to flourish. And so yeah. when we are not stepping into the roles that God has created for us as he has designed it, that we aren't flourishing. Right. Right. It's a good, yeah, that's a great place to land, you know, because I think that that's, I don't know if the difference is the right word, but... You know, we we're believing these things, or maybe we believe that the scripture teaches these things for the flourishing um, of humans and for us and for society and and so on and so forth. And so, um, this is how um, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I would say in addition to that would be, um, you know, this is how God has created us to function, um, and this is how He saw fit for things to work. Um, and so when we align ourselves in that way or in that light, um, we are fully living out um, maybe God's best um, interest for our lives. And so, um, yeah, because I know there's like a few episodes I've always also done and we've talked about human flourishing. And so yeah. I just wanted to like touch on that to like what we mean by that is like this is what's best for us. This is how we would best operate. This is I guess like the the best way I put it like, you know, if you want to know how the iPhone works, you know, you got to talk to the person that created the iPhone, you know, um, because they because they've created it, they know how it's best used. And so when we think about, um, you know, how headship and leadership works in the home and in the church because God has made us in his image. Um, he he kind of, he knows how we best function or best operate because he made us to function a certain way. Um, and so, yeah, so that that's like a great, and I do want to like also repeat, uh, you know, because I think this gets lost in conversation um, time and time again. But, you know, when we say, different roles that doesn't mean we like less value like that i just want to like put an explanation mark on that statement because we have to remember again what we're saying is we're equal in value we're equal in value he's made us different but we're equal in value i just want to make sure that that's yeah. stated because that that I, just in conversations i've had i know that gets lost in translation and so um, but yeah, I don't think I would add anything else to that definition or add anything more. Is there, is there anything else that you want to add to that or is there any No, other? I think we'll like get into more of it, mm-hmm. um, as we talk, but I think as like a great place, a jumping off point, I, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing you asked is about egalitarian, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're defining egalitarian, um, I would say that when we say complementarian, we're saying that we believe that men and women were created with equal value, but different roles. Egalitarians, as far as I understand, would say that men and women were created to be able to step into any role. Mm -hmm. So there is no separation between the roles a woman can step into in the church and in the home, um, and a man can step into Mm -hmm. in the church and in the home. Um, Now, except for those barred by like literally being a mom or a dad or something like that. Right. Like some, some of those tend to be more specific, but um, when it comes to preaching in a church or 
um, when it comes to church eldership, pastoral roles, um, in the home when it comes to leadership around the house. Um, yeah, e- men and women equally submitting to each other um, roles-wise, I think, would be the best way I know how to describe egalitarianism. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's no difference. They both are able to do the same thing. I mean, they both can carry the same role. It's just a, it's just a matter of calling who's called to what. So, um, yeah. Yeah, if, if if a woman was believed that she was called into that, then she would exercise that role because essentially there would be no difference between um, the man and the woman. And I, like, maybe we'll get into this later on, but I think also um, what's interesting is a lot of the times when I have this conversation, it leads to even what is an elder, what is a pastor, uh, mm. because if that's not clearly defined as well, we can have issue with the this conversation as well. Um, and so when I think the better, I think when we have a better grasp on what what God, I don't know what, what God intended for the pastor, uh, as far as like not just his character, uh, his characteristics, but also his role. I think that um, that helps in the conversations we have around this specific topic as well. Um, and so, but that that's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah, but I would agree. Yeah, I, I would also say that it's they they have the same they would believe that they would have the same they they could have the same roles that there are no differences um that anything the woman can do the man can do and everything the man can do the woman can do so like vice versa yeah Yeah. it's it's like yeah i think there's a musical that has a song that says like anything you can do i can do better yeah i can do anything better than you yeah. And like that's a maybe more funny way to put it. But, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily men and women vying for the same roles or anything. I don't want to I don't want to say that. I I, I really want us to be charitable to our mm-hmm. brothers and sisters who are egalitarians. I have friends that are egalitarians, close friends, and we disagree on this topic. I absolutely believe that they are blood bought believers. Yes. That they are bought by the blood of Christ, that they have had um his righteousness given to them by his work on the cross that um, they believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that they are saved and that we will stand next to each other mm-hmm. um, in front of the throne of grace, worshiping one day when the King returns. So Absolutely. I do think it's important that we remember when we talk about this, and I know you and I talked about this before we started mm-hmm. that we remember this is a secondary issue. It yes. is not a salvation issue. Yeah. We're not talking about it as if, what you believe on the roles of men and women um, is what's going to save you. No, Jesus saves. Yeah, that's good. It is It is believing on Jesus as your true hope for life, as the one who saves you from the stain of sin and death, mm-hmm. um, that which you could not do for yourself. Um, and like confessing his name, that that is what saves you. Yeah. No, like good. his death, blood, and resurrection, right? Like, yeah. Nothing else, not believing the right things about the right or wrong things, however you define those about men and women. Um, So I believe that there are strong Bible believing Christians on the other side of this topic. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we want to, you know, I think that 
that also, I mean, from conversations I've seen online and um, different debates and Twitter is a nasty place, yo. Um, So it can be, but it can also be a place of great grace. It can be. It can as well. Yeah, you're right. Um, but you just see that it's yeah. not it's not debated or talked about or worked through as if it is a secondary um, conversation or issue. Um, you know, there are a lot of harmful things that have been said on both sides. Um, and one thing you and I also talked about is, you know, let's not assume that because somebody has different um, views that they're not they don't believe in the scriptures or they haven't done their due diligence mm-hmm. in studying the scriptures because we fall into that very easily as well. Like, well, you just don't know your Bible. That's why you see it this way. No, there are a lot of people that can argue um, the egalitarian worldview from the lens of the scripture. Um, we would disagree, but they, they're also turning to scripture to make sense of how they see things, you know? And so that's also... An, I want to point that out there. You know, let's not attack each other, um, saying that we don't care about the scripture, we haven't studied the scripture, we don't know the scripture, because that's not also um, the case. Um, but yeah, so let me. So ba- based off of um, what we've said thus far, I think people can pick up on the fact that you and I are both complementarian. Uh, we fall on. <laughs> On that side or on that coin, on that, that side of the coin. Um, let me ask you, being a woman, um, mm-hmm. being somebody that is married, somebody that uh, has a youth group that you lead, um, what, what has it been like for you to be complementarian and have um, the roles that you do have? Yeah. Oof. You're asking a hard question. Good. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say I co-lead this youth group. So there's a team of four of us that lead this youth group. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to take it on, it on as if I lead all of it. I do not. Yeah. Um, I'm blessed to be part of an incredible team. There are uh, three women and one man on this team. And together we lead um, our youth group. So I'm part of a leadership team. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because in my own home church, um, it's actually been fine. They're, like, I step into roles that my pastors have laid out for me, have given me, have encouraged me to take on, are excited for me to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's more just like seeing representation of like women youth ministers yeah. that I don't see very often. Yeah. Um, I use the title of minister intentionally. Yeah. Um, I picked up on that. <laughs> yes. So I do not believe a woman can hold the title of pastor. I believe that that title is specifically reserved for men. Uh, I take that from um, the different times in the Bible, in the New Testament particularly, where we see the term elder or shepherd. Uh, shepherd's a different word, but the term elder particularly. Yeah. Um, is in the Greek, I believe it is a male word and it is referring to a male, um, where we see something like deacon, there's a little bit more ambiguity, but particularly elder, which is synonymous with pastor often in churches. And I know it is in my church. Um, 
that is a that is for men. And so I intentionally don't say that I'm a youth pastor because I am not. I would not hold the title of pastor. I do not agree with women holding the title of pastor. Um, but I do believe women are given pastoral gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different question. Yeah, I, I believe women are able to shepherd. And I believe that there are places they should be shepherding. I believe women can shepherd other women. Mm-hmm. I believe women can shepherd kids. And I also believe women can shepherd teens. And that's where I come in. Yeah. So <laughs> I... I'm part of a leadership team that um, encourages women to teach our youth from the front. Um, none of us would say, or maybe I should say that like, um, I would not say, I personally would not say a woman should preach on a Sunday from the pulpit at church. I believe that should be for um men only and qualified men, not just any man, mm-hmm. but qualified men as given to us in First uh, Timothy, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really important piece of it. I'm not saying that any old man can preach from a, on yeah. a Sunday and no women, absolutely no women. Yeah. No, I don't think any man can preach. I think that men who are qualified according to the scriptures and the, the list is longer than just being a man. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So yeah, I think that's sort of like a flyover on like my view on the church side of things and also my own role. I, I've struggled with recently, especially with like the representation and not seeing a lot of people like me in the role that I'm in. Yeah. Um, it's also a really cool way to get to be about the representation to say, I'm a woman who loves Jesus and is a complementarian and believes that I shouldn't be in the pulpit on a Sunday, but the Lord has given me these teenagers to help guide. Um, They're ostensibly still kids. They're not at the age of maturity. So until they are, I am blessed to be able to disciple them however I can. Um, Sometimes that means teaching from the front. A lot of times that means like leading a small discipleship group. Mm -hmm. Um, and getting to be a part of that representation, um, even for just like my youth girls who are trying to figure out life and what they want to do with their lives. I'm, I'm excited to get to show them what it means to be a woman who ministers in a church. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my official title is um, an associate, a youth associate. But yeah, I think that's the easiest way I know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you, you touched on... Um, just the frustration with uh, a lack of representation. And I know you and I, I think it was like, uh, maybe last week, two weeks ago, we were even looking at different schools, seminaries, and we had found right. one. I'm not going to put it out there. Uh, but, you you know, they weren't, you know, receiving, they, they won't allow women to be students at this particular seminary. And you were kind of sharing with me some of your frustrations with that. Um I know, like, man, I don't know if I want to go there yet, actually. I'll just hold off on that one particular person I want to talk about. But uh, what, it, what, is it, what is it like to um, be somebody that wants to know the word, wants to um, just do her job well in helping, you know, the youth or kids or other women, um, the Bible, 
you know, what, like, you know, like, can you unpack a little bit about the frustrations that you feel sometimes or, you know, because like you said, you are complementarian, you know, you hold that view, but still, you know, it just seems like even within that camp, it's almost like you don't, you're not seen or you're not valued or you're not given opportunity. Um, And that could, I mean, that's not really, um, that's not really, uh, right in, in a lot of ways. And I know, um, I don't know if you like follow the village church, um, in Dallas, but they, oh, of course, yeah, they recently went through, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Like they reformed their whole view on complementarian. Like they spent like, I think it was a year and a half or two just revisiting what they believe, what they allowed and questioning if everything was okay, if they were, uh, hurting or helping the view in practice and they had to just switch some things around and so on and so forth. But uh, what it, what is it like for you um, to, to hold to that view but still feel like, yo, you're not giving me space um, to really grow in all that God has called me to be and what God uh, has given me the freedom to be? Yeah, um, I actually really love what Village did mm-hmm. um, in really just praying and seeking the Lord and looking at the scriptures and saying, okay, historically, here's what women have been doing in the church, but is this really all women can do in the church? Right. Let's figure out, let's figure out what our sandbox is Mm -hmm. and then go to every edge of it and let women be everywhere they can be and flourish in those roles. Um, there's a really great podcast about it from knowing faith called a generous complementarianism. If you want to know more about their process and where they've landed, um, I really love that podcast. Uh, it, it was helpful for me to think through some stuff um, and just like the questions they posed and stuff. Again, I have to say, I really, I have been built up well by my church. Mm-hmm. My church has said, here's like, and I cannot speak for them. I, I'll let them speak for them. But um, uh, everywhere that I have been given reign to um, lead, like minister, yeah. Um, they have been so supportive of me, and yeah. uh, I don't feel like I am lacking because I am a woman. Based on the church I go to, gotcha. And I go to a complementarian church. I work in a complementarian church. Yeah. Um, however, I think that the greater, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more conservative, complementarian society is still <laughs> trying to figure out how to equip women. Um, Interestingly, women are chasing being equipped. You see it in churches all the time. Like women are getting after being biblically literate. Mm -hmm. Women's Bible studies are often booming. Um, Precept studies, like all of these things. Women want to know the word. Yeah. Um, But it's harder to find people who are willing to equip women. And on a seminary level, like it's super hard if you're trying to find a complementary in seminary that will teach a woman to teach well. Mm. Um, those roles are often reserved for pastors um, or church planters or these kinds of things. Yeah. And as a woman who I believe the Lord has gifted to teach people, um, people around me have affirmed that it seems like the Lord has gifted me to teach people for the betterment of the body of Christ. Right. It's really hard when you go, oh, 
this is awesome. I'd love to learn from these people. I'd love to, and I can't go there. <laughs> wow. Or, uh, oh, that seems like a really cool class that isn't open to women because women aren't meant to preach from a pulpit. It's a really narrow view yeah. of teaching. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not asking for the pulpit. I don't want the pulpit. Yeah. I don't want it on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm asking for. I'm asking to be equipped to yeah. teach the people that God has given me. And right now, that's a whole bunch of teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Just because they're teenagers doesn't mean that Come they on. should get any less yes. of teaching than a Sunday morning would. Right, right. It doesn't hold the same authority. I'm not saying it does. But I do believe that the skills that you'd learn in those places yeah. would be so important, especially if these are the people that we're training up to take over one day. They're going to yeah. be our next pastors. They're going to be our elders. They're going to be our, our women's ministries leaders. They're going to be our Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. We got to start now, like trying to backfill on that once they're adults. Why don't we raise them up well? Why don't we teach them well now? So like as a woman who loves to teach teenagers, I would love to go to a place to be equipped and know that they'll equip me as a woman and trust that as a complementarian, as a Christian, they can trust my word when I say, brother or sister, we agree on this. I want to use this where the Lord has actually given me based on what I see in the scriptures. And that is as a complementarian. Yeah, no, that's real. That's so good. Let's, um, let's get into that. Cause as you said, the broader scope of, this particular um, group, they, um, so let me, I'll just, we'll just go there. Um, (laughs) I was like, I, yeah. uh, So John MacArthur um, recently caught a lot of flag. um, And I think rightfully so. Who did? John John MacArthur. Got it. Okay, cool. On his comments about Beth Moore. Right. And... And so what I've so what that kind of showed me was uh, because it wasn't just necessarily what he said, but it's how his church responded. Um, there was I don't know there was just a lot of uh, I, I don't know I want to be I want to be careful in the words with the words that I use, but it, it just didn't seem um, godly. It didn't seem. Uh, I don't know. It didn't seem um, gracious. It didn't seem loving. It didn't seem considerate. Uh, I. It just. It just was. I think in a lot of ways borderline disrespectful. Um, I don't. I don't even want to say borderline. It was to me disrespectful. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, he essentially, you know, just told Beth Moore to to go home. You know, I, you know, there's no place for uh, women teachers and so on and so forth. And I don't know. I, I just felt I felt hurt a little bit because I was like, yo, even if you don't agree, because there is a spectrum, whether we like to believe it or not, or whether we want to um, acknowledge it or not, even within the complementarian camp, not everybody sees things eye to eye. Um and I know I had a lot of, I literally that day, Holly, um, or the, like the, that following week, I just had maybe eight, 10 different people text me, reach out to me like, yo, did you see this? Have you seen what he said? Did you hear about this? What do you think? 
And I had no words. I was like, yo, I can't defend him. I can't, you know, yo, this is wrong in my book, right? And so let me ask you, like, what what do you think needs to happen in order? A, like, I would love to hear your response on how you kind of um, took that. I know you and I actually talked about it a little bit, but what were your, like, raw emotions towards that? And what do you think is part of the problem with representation, like not getting representation, not getting in these spaces to learn, to equip the next generation, uh, even having comments from people like John MacArthur, uh, discouraging people like Beth Moore, who I believe she's a complementarian, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, she is. Yeah. So it's just like, like they're like based, like essentially in the same camp, but even within that, there's a lot of division, but what, what were your thoughts with all of that? And do you think that plays into a lot of even the frustration you were talking about prior? Yeah, I I was really saddened, honestly. Yeah. Um, as believers, I think we're called to conduct ourselves in a certain way. Yeah. In a certain manner. Um, Colossians 4 says we're to be gracious. Let our conversation be gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, seasoned with salt. So we might know how to answer everyone. Mm-hmm. Um and it seemed ungracious to me. I don't know how to hear um, what was said and go, yeah, he is being gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was unkind and that the gospel calls us to greater than what I saw and what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so even outside of the complementarian conversation, I think is the tone and the words used and the um, sort of the attitude that came across. Yeah. Uh, I cannot speak to his intention. Right. But what came across, the impact of what he said, mm-hmm. um, really just did not display to me the love of Christ. And I think that, I think that like when having controversial conversations, it's really important that we are trying to display grace. Mm-hmm. Um And so I do not say that John MacArthur can't disagree with Beth Moore. He is absolutely entitled to. That is his freedom in the Lord. As long as he is following the scriptures to the best of his conscience, as much as his conscience will allow, as much as the Holy Spirit has led him, he has the Christian liberty to disagree with her. Um, How he disagrees with her is the part that I care about. Right, right. and that was the part that really that really saddened me and made me feel hurt. Um, yeah, most it, that was that was the big thing. I just I want I, I wonder about a watching world that sees that and goes, mm-hmm. oh, that's what men are like in the church. Like, I am I'm very close friends with complementarian men. I again go to a complementarian church, so my pastor is a complementarian, and. Um, my husband, whom I love dearly, is a complementarian. Yeah. Uh, and they are not people who are looking to shove people, shove women around or tell them that they can't do this or can't do that. Um, their tone is gracious. They are kind and they are loving as they talk about the roles they have been given and the weight that that has in front yeah. of the living God. Um, it's not about power or women can't do this. It's the Lord has called men to do this. And so I am called to step into that role. Uh, 
And I just think that coming from a place where your response is go home when her name comes up, like, and he got very unkind, pointed out some things um, yeah. that were just, one, I don't think necessarily true, but just unnecessary at best. Yeah. Um, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't show me a pleasing aroma to Christ. Yeah. And, and I think I am grieved because I actually still genuinely believe that John MacArthur is a brother in Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's the tough you know? part. Yeah. Like, we're part of the same family. Like, that is my brother in the Lord. Again, back to this idea of when the king returns, we will be side by side in front of the throne of grace. And, like, maybe not literally side by side, but we will both be in front of the throne of grace. Um, he has had a long ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has blessed people. I don't want to take any of that away. Right. Um, but I strongly disagree with how this came across, how how this was said, um, the things that were said. Yeah. I just don't think it's befitting a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. You, you touched on... You know, you have men in your life, whether it's your husband or your friends or your pastor, um, who hold that view and they they understand the gravity of what that entails. And yeah. I think that a lot of conversations I've had with people um, who don't hold this view, the complementarian mm-hmm. view, a lot of the reason is because of just that like they don't I think like it's always about well this is backwards we're living um you know this is old thinking old way of thinking um you know women can do what men are able to do and again the the conversation is not necessarily around value it's around role but when you hear somebody like John MacArthur say the things that he did say it kind of sets us backwards a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of the friends that did reach out, they are egalitarian. They don't hold the views that I hold. And it was just another reason to not trust the view, another reason to think that this view isn't biblical. Um, it was another reason for them to, you know, see, this is what this is what men mean when they say women can't, you know, do this and can't do that. Um, and to me, it was just frustrating because it just kind of played into the narrative of what people think about the camp or the the the, the view. And so, I wanted to kind of ask you: um, Can you speak a little a little bit more, um, like around the weight of what it looks like to lead and what we actually mean when we say, you know, men are called to lead the home and the church and what that doesn't mean. Because a lot of the times um, what what turns people off from this view is it's almost degrading and it, 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 it almost comes off as, uh, again, women can do anything men can do. But again, we, I mean, earlier on, we had defined it in a way where we want to say that that's not the case and that isn't the case, but can you speak to like the weight of that and what that actually looks like? And even maybe how you've seen it played out in your church and in your home as the woman and how you have experienced the the side where people are 
actually doing what God has called them to do and they're gracious and they're loving and they're using their their role to lay their life down and serve and build up and you know what I mean? You wanna to speak to that yeah. a little bit? Um yeah, I think that when I talk about roles and why I believe this, I have to go to the scriptures. Um mm-hmm. and so particularly when talking about marriage um, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, um, starting actually, I'll start at verse 21 because of um, how I've learned the verse is um, speaking um, in, in its original text. So uh, verse starting in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence of, for Christ. Wives, submit to your husband, to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, Mm. just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Um... I'm not going to exegete that because that would take forever. Uh, But I will say that when I look at this, I see particular roles for a husband and particular roles for a wife to be walking in. Um, I see that this is saying that we should be submitting to one another, certainly, um, out of reverence for Christ. But there is a specific call to wives to submit to our husbands uh, as to the Lord. But I do want to be clear. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. It yeah. doesn't say submit to every man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is not saying that as a woman, anytime a man tells me to do something, I have to do exactly that because he's a man and I'm a woman. Like, right. we're going to come back to this idea of I'm talking about the home and the church. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. And the reason we often link those two is because the church is meant to be a family. And so the way we would have a family in a mm, home is how good. we're also going to have it at church. That's good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so here it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. It's a really cool thing to be able to... Um, portray the submission of the church to Christ in a marriage. And that's what a wife gets to do. Now I say that and I gotta say, I find it so difficult. Hmm. Uh, Something I want to mention is I don't choose this position because it is what my flesh wants. It is not the easiest thing for me to choose. It's not because I'm like a meek and mild woman who just like follows along with everything. And I am not your typical complimentarian woman. I'm not. Yeah. It is a struggle. Yeah. But because <laughs> I see it in the, the scriptures wow. 
I believe it's God's best way for me. So even if me as a person wants to take the lead all the time, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that God has made me a leader. Um, Even if I want my opinion to be the right opinion all the time, which often I do, let's be real here. Yeah. Um, That's everybody. Does it? Yeah. Like, like that doesn't mean that that's the best way for me to live. Mm. The Bible is the best way for me to know the best way to live. Yeah. Uh, I spoke at our, a youth retreat this weekend that I went on with our church and a few other churches. I spoke on Daniel two. Um, and when I say I spoke, I mean, I delivered a sermon. Yeah. So, just to clarify. (laughs) Talk that talk, um, Holly. I just like to clarify. I was talking to teenagers. It's okay. Um, At least that's where my conscience has landed me. Yeah. Again, Christian freedom to land somewhere else. Yeah. Um, But I was speaking on Daniel 2, and um, I said, I spoke on wisdom, and particularly that God is the keeper, source, and giver of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, he defines what wisdom is. And in fact, he is it's himself the definition of wisdom. Yeah. Um, and we see that in the person of Jesus Christ, part of the Godhead, the Trinity. Um, and when I defined wisdom for the teenagers, how I defined it is knowing every good path. God alone knows every good path for our lives. Right. He alone knows the best way for us to live. And so for us to be walking in that, to be living in the best way to live, we have to be asking the Lord for that. And I think the best way we know how to do that is to look at the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I say that to say, this is why I'm a complementarian. Not because my heart is naturally inclined to complementarianism. Um, In fact, my heart is naturally inclined to rest the lead from my husband to take it from him <laughs> I, I think like for real um personality wise my husband is far more gentle than i he is far more mm. um mellow and uh he is quick to listen slow to speak i am not any of those things naturally <laughs> <laughs> yeah um he is very willing to give up his own way for for someone else to go forward. Uh, in fact, I guess, and like, it sounds like I'm just breaking up my husband, but honestly, hey, one of the best ways I know how to, how to tell you about Ryan and his personality is that he understands servant leadership in a way that I simply do not. Mm. Um, so that's one of the biggest things mm. that I'm having to learn, honestly, is that leadership can look different than just being the loudest person in the room. Yeah, it's good. My husband leads by serving. Yeah. And, like, not just me, but everyone around him. Mm. Like, he displays what it means to serve and leads from there. Yeah. He's not the loudest person in the room. Does he have opinions? Absolutely. Yeah. Is he always going to forcefully assert them? No. Yeah. Does he ask me what I think? Often. Yeah. Um, he is not, a like, unilaterally making every decision in the house. Uh. He does, however, bear the final responsibility for the decisions in the house. Mm. In front of the Lord, like, mm. he is responsible for that. The Bible says yeah. that um, he is to love me as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church enough to die for her. Yeah. And not just die, but die in a gruesome way. Yeah. That call is high. Yeah. My call is to submit to my husband, not to die, 
Like, yeah, I think it's important <laughs> that we realize, like, obviously, if like I love my husband, I would die for my husband. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm yeah, saying that the yeah. call, the biblical call for a husband, is to be willing to die for his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, Holly. In a lot of ways, um, people that like want the leadership position scare me. I think serving as a leader for some years. I've just I just know the sacrifices that one has to make and the way in which you have to lay your life down and the way you have to consider others and it's not sexy it's not fun it's not glamorous um, and when you really look at what biblical headship and leadership looks like it's not I don't know why people are so quick to sign up for it you know what I mean and even with you along those lines I think in a lot of ways for me this is I don't think as a man, I am a complementarian um, because it makes sense to me. Um, this isn't uh, when I say it doesn't make or because it makes sense. To me, what I'm getting at is, like in my natural mind, I'm like, why not just have the women be a pastor? Why not just mm. have both the men and women lead the house? Like in my mind, that's how I think. I'm like, yo. And truth be told, I've you know a lot of. My close women friends are a lot smarter than some of the guy friends that I, you know what I mean? And so it's. <laughs> Ooh, you it's just put a, your guys on blast. Yeah, I love them. They're smart too. But I just, you know, I know this is not a, this is not a, this is not an issue of competence, you know? Right. Oh, but speak that. But yes. that's my struggle is I think that whoever is the most competent should be a leader. And but that's not what God calls us to, and that's not how God envisioned this, and that's not what God designed for our flourishing. And and so I'm there with you. Like even as a man, I'm like, uh, I just I would rather be egalitarian because, um, you know, especially like culturally speaking, with everything that's afforded women now with education and opportunity, it's still not where it's still not where it needs to be. There's still a lot of growth we need to make and a lot of progress we need to make uh, as a society. But I mean, just like, yo, I, I really see that um, women could do the job that me- that God has called the man to do in a lot of ways, you know? And so I struggle from time to time because I'm like, yo, Man, it would be a lot easier if she just became the pastor here or did that or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm with you in that it's hard for me to also accept or it doesn't come natural to me. It's one of those things where I'm just biblically convinced. And again, we've, we've, said, we've said this throughout the podcast episode, but feel free to disagree with us. And um, I mean, even reach out to us if you do want to talk about like where you disagree and why you disagree. But um, I just biblically am convinced that this is God's design and this is God's heart for us. And so, um, but but I'm I'm with with you in that this is hard to accept with my flesh and the way I process information and and my understanding of things and even my um, upbringing. You know, like my mom very strong person like my dad was is a pastor and so I didn't really get to see him a lot I saw my mom all the time and my mom um, instilled a lot in me I've seen my mom lead in so many ways my mom is a go-getter like my mom is um, in her 50s in college right now because she's just like I want a psych degree and she's not letting her language 
or cultural gap get in the way of her dreams and she's like i can do whatever i set my mind to yeah you know what i mean and there's so many times where she's discouraged but she's like no i got this like this is what i wanted you know so i I was raised like by a strong woman you know me too me too and so like i've seen my mom even me myself a lot of the reasons why i dream big and i have and not just dream big but go for some of the dreams that i have is because of my mom she's instilled in me you can do whatever you want to do and she's not only taught that but she's lived that out she's embodied that uh teaching you know and so in a lot of ways, I've struggled to really, man, this this doesn't really add up. But then again, like what you were teaching out of Daniel too, like it doesn't really matter. Like God has his set of wisdom and mm-hmm. God has called us to live a certain way. And this is what it means to live by faith as well, is to trust God at yeah. his word and say, God, you have ultimate authority and you are Lord over my life. And I believe that you are wiser than I, even though I think I'm wiser than you. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've got to lay down my preferences. I've got to lay down my experiences. I've got to lay down my knowledge and my wisdom and my resume and submit myself to what you've said to be true. And what you said to be true is foolishness to this world. <laughs> um, it's, it's absolutely absurd to us, but um, it's, it's holy and it's true and it's right. And I want to yeah. get to a place where David where, where where David was at where he's just like yo I delight in your law you know I stay yeah. up all night thinking about it and how wonderful it is and and um but that's not always that hasn't been the case always for me when it comes to this topic it's actually brought a lot of like heartache and pain and dilemma and frustration and confusion and um oh same it's just like what 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 are we really saying? What are we really preaching? What are we really believing? What are we really, you know, and I like as a church, you know, every month we just planted a church, but every month we do this next steps class and, you know, I have to go through what we believe. And every time this subject gets brought up, I dread it so much because it's like, okay, this is, you know, and this is also one of the secondary beliefs we have. So as Parisian, it's just like, okay, this is what we'll teach. This is what we believe. You don't have to adhere to this to be a member here. But still, it's like one of those, that's like the topic that comes up that I'm like, ah, like, I don't want any women thinking in here that, I don't believe in their capacity or their leadership's like quality or I don't I don't want them hearing that they they're they're not called by God or that God doesn't have things set out for them. Um and yeah, I can go on and on about like the struggle and the fight there, but it's definitely yeah. a real thing. I think that um one of the things you said is about like competence. Um, yeah. And that it's not a question of competence. And then you quote, you said that God um, uses the foolish things, or like God's wisdom looks like foolishness to us. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually like I haven't pulled up the scripture because um, I was thinking about that when you said it's not an issue of competence, and like hmm. that's not actually the way the Lord works. Like using the most competent person, right. that's not actually the testimony of Scripture across yeah. time. Um, so when we talk about like, well, women should lead because they're competent. It's like, okay, but when has the Lord done that? Like, when has that been how the Lord has worked? Yeah. Like, the disciples were fishermen, y'all. Yeah. Like, they were not the learned men. They were not scribes. They were not this. They, do we know if they could read? Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 Like. That's real. Maybe not all of them. Like, not only that, they were likely quite young. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they were youth, y'all. Teenagers, like, yeah. That's a big deal. Mary, Mary, like, mother of Jesus Mary, also a teen yeah. who is was just an ordinary girl who was seen to have been following the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a few, like... Yeah. David, before he became king... Yeah. He was a shepherd. Yeah. Uh, taking care like, of sheep. <laughs> Yeah. I, I literally can, like, the Lord has never, or maybe not never, but the Lord doesn't necessarily go, you're the best person for the job mm-hmm. because you are smart and you are uh, tall or you are, like, X, Y, Z. No, the Bible tells us that God, that God looks on the heart and he knows and he knows every good path. So he knows who will be the right person for the role. Um, I believe in a God who's sovereign above all things. And actually is able to orchestrate these things so that they work. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like thinking about that in First Corinthians 1, if you want to look at it, if you want to know about God and the, his wisdom versus the wisdom of the world. Yeah. Um, check out First Corinthians 1, 18 to 26. Yeah. You want to read actually, it for this? Uh, sure. Uh, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish the made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through fault through the folly of what we preach mm-hmm. to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Yeah. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Mm. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose mm. what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God yeah. chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Right, right. Um, if we are looking at the most competent person to be in a role, we are giving them reason to boast. Mm. When, we, when we say, God, right. we follow you on faith, that you know who should be in XYZ role because you have ordained it this way, because you are the creator of us as people, of the world and of the entire world and how it functions, we say, God, we trust you to bring about the result as well. And we're not given a reason to boast because we're saying, God, we're trusting you with it because this doesn't make sense to us. Yeah. I think I have had to just like trust the Lord with my personality. Like, <clears throat> sorry, speaking of like psychology that your mom's doing, um, yeah. some of the things that she'll talk about is personality. We are all created a specific way. Our personalities interact with each other interestingly. We, like, you could see personality in children. Yeah. Like, even when they're babies, like, you could see, like, a really, like, you can see a really quiet and tame baby. Mm -hmm. And you could see, like, the really fiery baby, you know, like, (laughs) personality. And sometimes that changes. But, like, we have these personalities. And something, like, one of the ways my husband has led me well is showing me how he is willing to even, like, lay his personality down at the altar. Hmm. Like, to trust the Lord and say, well, Lord, you've made me, but you've called me to this, and here's how they don't interact well, so I'm willing to lay it down <laughs> based on what you've called me. Yeah, it's good. My husband is an introvert. 
Yeah. Like, Same. he loves being alone. Um, I am not at all. <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like, I have times where I like to be alone, but, like, eventually I reach the end of that, and I'm like, okay, let's be with people. Yeah. Let's go out. Let's go do things. Let's hang out. Um, and one of the ways that that plays out is that I tend to invite a lot of people into our home, or I tend to plan a lot of social activities for us. Mm. Um, and that can be really hard for Ryan, because mm. he's like, my natural state is to want to be alone. Right. I have watched him choose community when he very much rather would be alone because he says no the bible calls me to community so maybe i want to be alone and there are times where that's okay but if i am choosing being alone over being in community more often than not then maybe something's wrong yeah um wow and it's just like a really cool example to me of like laying down your personality for the sake of putting on like what is the Christian life? Yeah. Now, am I saying that every introvert needs to be out with people all the time? Absolutely not. <laughs> I actually don't think it's good. Another thing that I learned from my husband is that as an extrovert, I can be alone and spend time in silence and solitude with my savior. Yeah. He does that way better than I do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I am so much, I would so much rather, like, let's talk about Jesus in a big group of people. Let's, like, have a Bible study. Let's do this. Let's do that. And he's like, Holly, it's also just okay to spend time alone with God. Yeah. To commune with God, to rest with God. He did an awesome sermon on silence and solitude. Um, and he was talking about how when we, remove ourselves we are saying um that we could we are resting in simply that god has done it all and we have to bring nothing to the table and we can bring nothing to the table um i'm really bad at that i want to bring something to the table he's way better at sitting and receiving Mm. um so i'm not saying that introverts need to be extroverts and i'm not saying extroverts need to be introverts but i do think that both will have particular tendencies that need to be laid down at the cross yeah because god has called us to something different just like as a strong-willed woman i will have things that i have to lay down Mm. there are things i have to lay down as a complementarian and i in faith lay them down believing that they're going to be better for me wow yeah it's going to be better for me wow that's so beautifully articulated thank you for sharing that yeah you like brought that full circle there. I saw how you did that. <laughs> yeah. You got to map it out in your head and then end up back there. Yeah. Execute it. <laughs> no, you executed that well. I'm not going to uh, lie. All grace. All grace. <laughs> Don't. You're not. I literally just read this to you. You're not supposed to give me a reason to boast. You're right. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraging you, though. You know what I mean? As long as it's called today, let's encourage one another, Holly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Okay, well, do it in a way that it points me back to Jesus, man. <laughs> or else my man. head's going to get big. God has blessed your mind and your words. And he I'll has it. used that. it to help us understand his will for our lives. So God bless you. Thank you for being a vessel. Oh, man, I'll receive that. That I'll receive. That's way better for me. There you go. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could talk about this all day. And I feel like we barely scratched the surface as oh, well. Oh, certainly. Because there's layers to this conversation, and um, we didn't even get into the spectrum of complementarianism. Oh, certainly not. We didn't even talk about, you know, we we address things, but we didn't really dive into things as well. And so um, maybe we got to do a part two, part three. I was going like to say, that. yeah. Um, hey, send us questions. Yes. There, it's, it's helpful. Like, if y'all are like, hey, there's actually more I want to know. 
Tell mm-hmm. Ebenezer to have me back. <laughs> <laughs> we no, part two. we'll definitely have you back. And maybe we'll have, maybe we'll just spend an hour, hour and a half talking about one aspect of complementarianism. Because oh, <laughs> we could easily do that. We could, like, oh, our, super easy. you and I were going in on a specific thing for a good minute. I think we went in on literally one word. One word. <laughs> For now, hours. <laughs> I think you and I are also nerds. So that is helpful yeah. to recognize. Like, we want to know, what does this word mean? Yeah. Is it saying this or is it saying that? I don't think you have to spend hours on this to yeah. understand it. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. That's true. But it helps to spend that much time. <laughs> it does. It but really does. We're like, all right, what about this word in this context and this word <laughs> there? And what if this is involved or what if that isn't? Pre- yeah, we were, we were really nitpicking, but it was fun. It was a good time. I mean, I like, <laughs> I love to do that. So I don't, that sounds like a fun day to me, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I, I found though, I only like enjoying that kind of stuff with Bible. I don't really oh, do yeah. that with anything oh. else. <laughs> Actually, I, I said, oh, yeah. And then, like, no, I, I just nitpick in general. I yeah. like discussing things. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't say this. So I don't have a degree in anything Bible-related. I did go to university. I went to uh, the University of British Columbia. Okay. And I have a degree in political science with a minor in history. Okay. So I literally, my I did a degree in nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. We need people like that, yo. That's how we gain a deeper understanding of things and really question things and push the boundaries. And yeah, I enjoy that. So, But thank you, Holly, for being on Shaping the Culture and being so gracious to us and sharing your own personal um, outworkings of what it means to be a complementarian, both in your relationship with your husband and your church and even the broader sense. Um, yeah, I really, I really value your transparency and your willingness to uh, just go public with what you, <laughs> how you view things and how, because that can be a scary thing, you know, like it's one thing to have these conversations behind closed doors, but to have it on a mic is another thing mm-hmm. for people to kind of critique and tear down and misunderstand. And yeah, so hopefully, you know, whoever is listening, God protect them <laughs> for uh, um, from anything we've said that doesn't represent him well. Um, yeah. Because, you know, again, we said this from the jump, we're not experts and we're figuring things out as we go. And the, the point of this conversation is to help people get the, the conversation going. You know, that's all. And I, and I say that on almost all my podcast episodes, like, hey, we're here to just get the conversation going. And so, um, like Holly said, if you have any more questions... Um, if you had disagreements, reach out to me. You want to give, let me give you a plug. You want to give me your social media, um, where oh, they man. can what find you on, social, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, so they can directly go to you. I don't know if they come to me, I can like direct them to YouTube, but. Um, I have to like pull up my Twitter cause I don't remember my Twitter handle, even though I actually go on Twitter a lot. Okay. This is what it is. <laughs> um, as a good house my name is Alamie on Twitter. So it's. A-L-E-M-I-Y-E underscore. So at Alamie, and you can find me on Twitter. That's really the most interesting place to find me, so just go there. <laughs> For sure. Actually, isn't, isn't that where, like, our friendship started on Twitter? Yeah. Man, shout out to Twitter. Because I was like, Twitter. oh, he's, 
he's Ethiopian and he's in church ministry. I want to, I want to learn from him. Right. I want to see what's happening with the Ethiopians around the world yeah. and in America and stuff. Yeah. Cause like we have some mutual friends and stuff too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Shout out to it, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Honestly, I think a lot of like Christians connect on Twitter because there's Definitely. this whole thing happening. Yeah. No, you're right. Social media has really connected a lot of people. And so it's a beautiful thing. Force for good and bad. <laughs> Definitely. Always. Always. And so, but yeah, thank you. But, yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say thank you for having me. Of yeah. course. It was a pleasure. Um, it was an honor. We got to get you back. Oh, man. All by the Lord's grace. I I mentioned quickly that I did, don't have a degree in anything Bible. Um, I got to do a year of Bible school by the Lord's grace, but a lot of this has been just like personal study. And so I Mm. do want to encourage anyone like the Bible is available to you. Study tools are available to you, especially to the women out there who are feeling like they're not able to get equipped. I feel that a lot, but there's a lot of resources out there so that we can learn too. Um, And truly it is God who equips. There are certainly tools that we can pick up, but it is the Holy Spirit who equips us to speak the words that he has for us. And so women, there is room for you. Mm. There is a space for you to speak. Um, I think there are certain ways the Lord calls us to do it, but we need to hear from you in the church. As much as we talk about complementarianism, I think it's important. We do say this before we leave that a church that only, that only has men serving is missing out on a beautiful yeah. part of who God is yeah. as displayed in women. And a church that only has women serving is mm. missing out on a beautiful display of who God is based on how he has made women. Or men, sorry. So, yeah, like... Oh, yeah, it's so good. Neither of us can sit back and say the other will do it. Yeah. Like, we both... We, we need both each other. Both men and women. Yeah, we need each other. Yeah. For the sake of the gospel. Yeah. For the sake of a gospel witness in the cities that we're in, in the towns that we're in, in the countries that we're in. Yeah. We, like, actually need to be working together yeah. in the ways God has called us to work together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, women, read. Learn your Bible. Uh, get in it. Men, read. Yeah. Learn your Bible. Get in it. Um, <laughs> for real. don't say oh it's for that pastor or that thing no No. a pastor is there to equip the saints for the work of ministry as per ephesians 4 you are the saints who get to do the work of ministry get after it yeah like i i want to encourage you it's 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 yours to learn too yes no that's good thank you for sharing that and that's my heart too man i know um even we we put on a conference every year called glory and it's been a goal of mine to have at least one woman come out um, for this conference because of I know how powerful representation is. Um, I know how powerful it is to see women of God that are equipped and understand the word of God. And that can I know like that's what rep, like that's what representation does is like, oh, she looks like me. She she's yeah. also a woman and she knows the word and she's preaching faithfully and she understands I can too now. And so um no, I know this is so important. I really yeah, like I said, I really my heart's to see a lot more women step up in the church and um 
you know, even even if we don't believe that they're called to be pastors, there's so many different roles they can fulfill and so many different things that they can be doing to help edify the body and encourage uh, the work of the ministry. And so, and like you said, man, we really need each other. We, we're different in role and that the different roles that we play really complement each other well. You see what I did there? Hey, compliment. compliment. Yeah. It's like uh, that's where the word came from. Something oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so No, yeah. that's good. And that and that's that was my aim too. Real. And even having you on the podcast is for all the women listeners to hear from somebody like you who has studied and who does love to study and loves the word of God and wants to grow. Right, like you're a huge testimony and encouragement, and I definitely wanted you on here to also display that. Yo, there's women out here that know their stuff and that love God and love His Word, and that are diligent in their studies and they're pursuing after God's heart for uh, His people, and not only trying to understand the Word, but putting into practice and serving like the next generation, like you are with the youth, you know, and so. We need more people like you, and thank you for your contributions to your local church and to the kingdom, and even this conversation. We can't do this without you, so we really appreciate you, Holly. Oh, man. It's all grace. It's all the grace of the Lord. Yes. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Like we've said throughout the episode, if you have any questions, do not hesitate in reaching out. Hope this got the conversation going. We don't have all the answers. If we're wrong, graciously tell us where we got it wrong. Um, If we disagree, we disagree. Um, But all of this is to know God and to love and serve him. And so... Um, that's our main objective. Even in our disagreements, it's it's let's it, let it be constructive and let it be fruitful. Um, and so, until next time, family, peace and love. 